0: Welcome to the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United. I'm your host, Ben Hopkins, just by myself again without my co-host, Adam Ballinger. He's out teaching the community during our school holiday program camps. So shout out to you balls. We do miss you. But I'm joined today by a very special guest, the Melbourne United CEO, Nick Trulson. Nick, how are you? Ben, awesome to be here on the eve of our first game. It's pretty exciting. I know we're right there. As As of the date this comes out, we are 24 hours away. So it's pretty it's pretty full on at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's amazing to think that it's been six months of the off-season to think that we're actually on the eve of, you know, one of the biggest NBL opening games in history, we feel, and um, there's nothing better than it being a sellout. But, um, yeah, we've had a, a, great, a great couple of weeks together as a group and um, and that started last week with the Blitz.
0: Yeah, so you and I were both up on the Blitz for for periods. It was a obviously a great result for us, taking home the loggins Bruton Cup, but uh, I think it was just awesome to see the whole group together, even Joe up there even though he's not playing, but this whole group working together, sort of meshing, what was that like as someone who's helped put this group together and and has been behind the scenes to finally see it all really coming together?
1: Yeah, I think that was the most exciting part of the week itself was actually having the full group together for the very first time really when you look at all the disruptions we had with the World Cup and, and key players coming in and out. I think to see them all there as a group and the connections that they've already driven, I think that was pretty exciting to watch for both you and I to see that. Um, but, of course, then to play games and, and make our way through that first game and then move into the second and third games and to end up being undefeated, you know, that was a real bonus. But I think the fact is that it gives us a really good understanding of where we're at with the team. But what I really liked, and hats off to the NBL, they did a terrific job. I thought the Gold Coast was a fantastic destination and no doubt it's an area that they're, you know, pretty focused on as as a league um, but it had everything that the players needed um, for all of us as staff going up there. You know, I thought, um, you know, the RACV club was a fantastic place to stay. Um, and it just gave us the best opportunity to play on court, but off court, it gave us enough time to really start getting those connections going between the team.
0: Yeah. And I feel like when you got those connections going, once we saw it on court, it just it clicked. Even, even that first game where we have a hard fought game against a, a familiar foe in Justin Shuler and yeah. the, and the bullets and, you know, you have a game where Chris doesn't score a point, but you see Deli come off the bench and have 28 points in his first game back in a new United
1: uniform. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was exciting, I think, to, yeah, as you said, to score 96 points and and with Chris not scoring, I think it showed that, you know, we've got a big focus in the off-season was really around that depth across, you know, all areas of, of the floor for us. And I think that was, you know, starting to see that. And it gave others opportunity to start to show what they're, you know, capable of doing. And I think, um you know, I think we're set hopefully for a pretty exciting season. Yeah, absolutely. I want
0: to touch on some of those performances. Obviously Delhi was probably the highlight, Um, you know, averaging 19 points in about 19 minutes a game coming off the bench for two of them and then stepping in for, for Ian who sat out that last game. But what was it like to see, I guess, Delhi and
1: then some of these new guys and returning guys step on the court and and really show out. Yeah, I think the Delhi one, and you know, I was lucky enough. And and again, yeah, you know, the NBL did great. They had over forty NBA scouts out for the week for the for the blitz, and to be sitting there with them in the first quarter, and and, and Delhi just came out swinging and hit two threes so quick. Um, it was quite funny. We were there really to talk about you know Ariel Huckporty and Luke Travers. Um, but yeah, there was a, a lot of wowness from from that particular group of people thinking yeah, Delhi looks in incredible shape um, and he's and he's hitting you know shooting the ball really well. So um, to see that, but yeah, definitely seeing a lot of the young guys get their opportunities. Flynn Cameron, I thought, you know, when he had his opportunities, really shone through, and um, I think that was the the great thing of of looking across and seeing Tanner Krebs get good minutes. Um, but it didn't matter if some of the players weren't, you know, doing what we wanted them to do. Shea Illy, though, just, again, showed how much we missed him last year and I think, you know, super excited, nearly most excited really to see Shea back out there and and with with Delhi alongside. I think, um, you know, we're going to be uh, hard to beat. Yeah, Shea was in super form, just pushing the pace. That, like
0: you said, it was something that I feel like the team missed and that's mm. not a controversial thing to say. He's one of the yeah, best yeah. point guards in the league when he's healthy. What was it like even before that? Uh, I know I was very excited watching – I watched every Tall Blacks game of the World Cup. What was that like for you just seeing, oh, wow, Shay's really looking good? Because those were those first sort of games where we'd seen him
1: back full, raring to go. Yeah, and I think it, it goes back a little bit too. And, you know, Steve McAdam, our high-performance manager, just the the duty of care that we had for Shea um, once we finished our season last year, not playing NBL 1, but we were the real focus of making sure we put his health – first and the fact he was able to have that really good group opportunity to to really get some fitness under his belt and then to go away with um the other tall blacks and have that five or six week camp before the world cup but to see what he did and i think he's averaged 18 and eight you know phenomenal numbers on on a world stage um and no doubt he's bringing a lot of that confidence back and you know again that's gonna be great for us for this season and another guy i think Everyone at the club and all the fans are so excited.
0: You mentioned him earlier, Ariel, big A. Mm. He stepped out on the court, especially in that last game. You have 19 points, eight boards. I counted four blocks. They had him down on the stat sheet. They had him down on the stat sheet only for one, which I'll I'll, Mm. I'll calmly disagree with. But I guess there was just so much excitement just to see his road to recovery and then see him put it all together on the court.
1: Yeah, and I think we know, you know, Ariel so well and the fact that there was no doubt there was nerves in that first game, more so not because of the scouts but because it was, you know, the corresponding blitz last year where he unfortunately hurt his Achilles. So I think getting through that was was huge for him and then you just saw his confidence starting to, to you know, go to another level and then from that third game, you know, no doubt there was NBA scouts really, you know, writing a lot of notes on him and um, we're really excited by the fact that his mum's going to be in town um, she flies out this week first time she's been to Australia um, to see him play and she'll be here for a couple of games and you know I think that's what we also want to do is is give Ariel the best opportunity this year to really shine on court um, but continue to develop him off court and, and you and the team are doing a great job with him with doing extra media training and things like that because you know we'd love nothing more than you know June next year for his name to be called at the NBA draft. Yeah, absolutely. And he's coming along in that
0: media training. I'll say for a guy that's <laughs> like basically his fourth language is English. He speaks yeah. just about every other language, but it's been amazing to see him on the court just sort of fit and firing. And as we sort of turn towards round one and, and this Thursday, what's it like for you to be part of such a special week in just Melbourne sport and Australian sport would, we've got the AFL grand final with my Brisbane lions yes. shout out to yeah. the Brisbane lions, but, uh, yeah, what's it like to, one, have a sellout for round one and sort of act as that opener for the for the AFL grand final?
1: Yeah, I think when you look at all the codes across Australia and, you know, we talk a lot about the fact there's 52 pro teams in Melbourne, so it's, it's a huge saturation of sports when you look at our, you know, our population of people, but – there are sports everywhere you look in Melbourne, and to try and own a moment in time in a in a calendar is is something we want to continue to strive for. And to be honest, this is probably one of the you know it's such a great fit. Melbourne is you know at its sporting peak, and I think you know when you think about the sporting capital of Australia, you look at last weekend, two sellout games, NHL, you know the the LA Kings and the Arizona Coyotes here to have twenty eight thousand people go through Rod Laver Arena. I was lucky to go there on Saturday and it was just phenomenal being there at a completely different sport, but just an incredible crowd knowing that we're going to be part of the week Um, and to have the Friday holiday here in Melbourne, um, the first game of the NBL season. And I think we take a lot of pride on that ourselves is, you know, we want the league to look to us to be able to, you know, open the season up. To have a sellout well in advance is something that's, you know, equally as exciting for us. Um, to have, you know, Habana Brown doing a halftime performance. We wanted to make sure we lent in and and played our role in creating such a great, you know, environment um, and experience and to have a sellout, knowing that the AFL Grand Finals on this Saturday, um, great great time to be in Melbourne and a great time for the NBL season to tip off as well.
0: Yeah, and tipping off with us and the Phoenix, throw down, throw down 21. Can you take me through what it's like having that and preparing for... What's a massive game for us and a massive game for them because there is that rivalry. There's always a bit of tension when the two teams come come to blows. So what's that like being able to open our season and open the NBL
1: season with what I think is becoming probably the most intense rivalry in the league? Yeah, and I think it's it's good to say that you know we work really closely with the Phoenix. We want we've got four games against each other, which you know which is really lucky for us um, to be able to play them four times here at John Cain Arena. I think. Uh, it's a rivalry that's continuing to grow you know ideally hopefully we can continue to grow where we have four sellouts across the season and you know we've made the pact to work together off court um, to try and make that a reality this year um, so that's something we want to continually to build but everyone loves a great rivalry and and of course you know I think um, you know our rivalry is continuing to grow with them and to start the season with a throw down it, it couldn't be better
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk about a bit more about the group that we're putting together on the floor and how that group has come together. And we'll get to that after the break. Melbourne United memberships are on sale now. Lock in your seat for the most exciting show in Australian sport and guarantee you're there for every highlight across next season. To find out more, go to membership.melbourneutd.com.au. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United with Melbourne United CEO, Nick Troulson. Nick, we just put out Behind the Blue, our Mm off-season documentary. You were a part of all those meetings, a part of all those discussions to bring this group together. What was that like in terms of getting this group, which is, you know, being called one of the most talented local cores in in recent history. what, What was that like having those discussions and, and making
1: sure that we're putting together a championship worthy team? Yeah, I think first off it was such a great initiative by our digital and marketing team. And, you know, I wanted to also give, you know, Lockie Gay a big shout out for the content and the time and the passion he put into that over such a long period of time. Producer Uh, Lockie Gay shout out. Yeah. Produces all of these podcasts. Yeah. No, we love Lockie. Um, But I think the the long form of content is something that, you know, we see globally and especially in sports, that storytelling opportunity is getting bigger and bigger. And, it was just a. It was a great initiative for us to think about. Well, how could we give our fans, you know, the opportunity to look behind the curtain of how of, how a roster is built, and you know, we've talked a bit about it as well. We've had, you know, we had two rostered players, two DPS going into it. There was a lot of pieces that we had to bring in, and you know, we weren't sure how it was all going to come together. But we thought, at the end of the day, the piece that we were able to do gave everyone a really good insight into what we were trying to do. Um, and really, you know, thankful too that the feedback from the media, you know, in general and the basketball public has been really strong on it. So, it was a good opportunity for us. And most importantly, you know, we had our challenges last year, and we did a huge review post season. So it was it was good for us to reflect on, you know, the process that we went through and what did we want to, how did we want to build our roster. And I think that's you know the exciting part of what we've been able to do now. And I look back on the six months that we had in the off season to the the roster we had, and I think. We all sit here feeling really good about it, um, and that real focus on that high end Australian, New Zealand talent, local talent, and and just having a little sprinkle of um, you know from an import point of view, and and to bring be able to bring someone in like Ian Clark, you know NBA and an NBL champion, um, you know it puts us in a really good position. Yeah,
0: obviously Ian was sort of the last piece to fall, but I want to take it back to the start of the off season when you talk about we only have CG and Shea, and then mm. those two DPS locked in. What's it like to sort of look at that really blank canvas and say, okay, what do we need and how do we move forward?
1: Yeah, and I think in uh, the doco itself, we talk a lot about the fact that we wanted to make sure that at both ends of the floor, um, you know, we had deep rosters in that area. Um, You know, we saw what happened, unfortunately, with Ariel last year going down. Um, So the opportunity of bringing Joe Luala chul back, and having Ariel there as self, you know, we were really comfortable where that was looking. And then from Shay's point of view, um, we wanted to make sure teams who had done really well had definitely had really deep rosters around that point guard area. So did the opportunity to bring, able to bring Delhi back um, and then have CG and then have other players who could really play their role. Um, and then probably one or two weeks into free agency to have someone like Lou Travers, you know, become more of a real opportunity. Um, it really showed that after we you know, we had Jack White who was such a successful piece in that area to be able to bring in someone at that level, um, you know, really makes when you look across our roster there's so much flexibility and I think that was probably the other key is we want to be able to bring players who can play multiple roles and, you know, I think we've been able to do that. Yeah, You talk about LT and sort of playing that Jack White role which
0: Jack had so much success in. They're they're different players but I guess throughout the – pre-season and throughout the blitz LT has just been super impressive pushing the pace shooting it well getting to the rim i guess is this is this everything you guys could have hoped for when when it became a reality that okay he might want to come here and yeah. and yeah. use us as
1: a as a stepping stone to get towards his goal of the nba yeah and i think that's what we've really prided ourselves on the last few years being able to get players um, to the NBA and I think Luke saw that as an opportunity and, you know, we were really excited by the fact of being able to bring into a talent and people forget Luke's only 22 years old, just turned 22, um, so huge upside for him um, for us to have a three-year contract with Luke um, but we also understand there is a good opportunity if he has a really fantastic year, he could get to the NBA next year and we would absolutely love that as well but um, probably his IQ and and how he reads – Uh, the basketball off the glass is something that's really blown me away just in watching him and whether it's our local practice games or or in the blitz last week. Um, Yeah. I'm really excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as we, as I sort of, we talk about putting this team together and you being in there for those decisions and those conversations, I want to talk a bit about what a CEO sort of actually does in in a high performance sport environment, because I think it's somewhere something that a lot of our fans might see you when we put out videos and, and see you, sort of throughout the season, but not know what a CEO actually does in this role. So can you give us a little bit of insight
1: into that? Yeah. I mean, it's multifaceted and I think that's the thing I love so much about the role and especially working here at Melbourne United, we've, you know, we've, when you look at big codes like the AFL, who might have 60 to 70 admin staff, we're sort of around that 18 mark plus basketball. Um, so there's a lot of uh, rolling up the sleeves and working together. Um from a basketball point of view, and, and for someone who came from a non-basketball background in, in sporting administration, you know, a big part of my role the last few years has just been listening and learning. Um, and really my feedback's been more around asking questions and, and, and making sure we're bringing the right character type of players versus the skill set. And I think that's been, a, you know, great to be able to have such a, you know, a broad um, skill set in our coaching group. Um, the experience we have is is something that's you know really important. but we also have a lot of staff here who have been a long time as well. So I think there's a really good buy-in across the board and 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 everyone's feedback is welcomed. um so that that's been really good from a basketball point of view as we build it as we build a roster, and we've sort of got a a group like a a recruiting committee who work together. and you know for me, again, that's fantastic for my learning curve over the last few years. and you know, I feel my my, um, my understanding of that area has definitely gone to a whole new level this season and off-season and and look forward to learning more about it. Um, from a business point of view, it's, it's such a huge part of what we do and, you know, I'm excited about our front office staff. They've worked so hard over these six months to, you know, we've had lots of changes when we've had to, you know, we've got a brand new group of major sponsors that we've had to bring in, um, you know, Big thanks to Rold who are an amazing major sponsor for five years for the club and, you know, we couldn't have done what we were being able to do without them. Um, but to have NG and Azito and all these new brands come in um, has been exciting and and for especially for the staff to really see the growth that we're able to do and attract the types of brands that we're um, bringing into the club. Uh, our community footprint is, you know, second to none and really proud when you think about that in- that inclusive is one of our key values and to see how we're able to you know really go out into the community and um, create new schools programs and what we do out there as well Um, but one thing that I loved you know from an outsider looking in before I started was the corporate hospitality um, experience you get at a basketball game in an NBL environment especially at Melbourne United is second to none in Australian sport and I think it's a real point of difference for us and um, and knowing the work that we do from not just from a corporate point of view, but from our members and fans, the match day experience, and and again, we're going to see that you know this Thursday night, um, you know at its at its greatest. And I think that's it's exciting when you look at the impact you can have and empowering staff to just play their role, whether you're on the court or off court or front office. I think what I love in, in the environment we've created here with, you know, our our really strong purpose around using the power of basketball. Uh, to inspire and attain and enrich people's lives. I think our staff have really grown into that and, and seeing it as it's a point of difference that we're able to do. And, you know, I feel like, you know, we're very lucky with our ownership group, um, you know, to have an ownership group who are so passionate about the game, but are also so passionate about the club itself. And, and then a spin-off to that is, of course, some of our owners also own Hoop City where this is our home in Cheltenham at the first Hoop City. and um, And I think that's important for you as well to have a, have a home facility that everyone can be proud of. Yeah. What was that like for you making the transition from,
0: you know, not having that basketball mm. background, being involved in footy, you with the, the Western Bulldogs working there, but to come into a, an environment that is in many ways similar, but in many ways so different, like in terms of how, just the little things, like how big the stadium is and how many members you have and all that sort of jazz.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I, I was a Melbourne United fan before I came here and used to love taking the kids and, as I mentioned before, watching the experience and I and actually just took note of, you know, a lot of the staff of the work that they would do on game day and you could definitely see the passion that it would have and um, in one way being a smaller sporting code versus the AFL, I've really enjoyed that environment. It feels more like a family. Um, the connections that we're able to do, um, all of the staff, we all work, of course, on the one floor with the coaches. So the connections that we have is, is really important but I think it's also... Um, we're able to make decisions really quickly as a group. And I think that helps us be, you know, pretty agile, um, but also, you know, really innovative in our approach of what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that is is
0: really exciting is today, as this comes out, we have our Hoop City versus Melbourne United celebrity game. So we're going to take one quick break and then I want to hear a little bit about some of the names that are playing and who you're excited to see on the court. That sounds good. Want to stay up to date with everything happening at Melbourne United? Download the Melbourne United app today. Filled with videos, audio, and articles about your favorite team. It's the one-stop shop for everything Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app via the App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United with CEO Nick Trulson. Nick, we touched on it a little bit before the break. Today, as this comes out, we have the Melbourne United versus Hoop City celebrity
1: game presented by NG. Big names on the court. Who are you excited to see? Well you when you look at the two captains, to have the Professor um, and Jordan Lawley, we're, we're super excited to have both of them in. I think you know they're on the global stage of basketball; they are so well known, and and to see them go head to head is going to be a lot. It's going to be exciting. I think, um, no doubt. I've I've had a chat to Eddie Betts. He's he's actually looking forward to we going back, up against backs himself. Yeah, he's going. He's uh, he's got some basketball shoes just for the game itself. <laughs> Um, and to go up against his old teammate in Fev, I think that's going to be one to watch. A few hard screens from Fev, you reckon? Yeah, well, it could be. But uh, Eddie's going to be quite quick, no doubt. And uh, yeah, he'll he'll be a lot a lot of fun to watch. I think the great thing is to have when we think about basketball, it's all about sport and entertainment, and you know that's where you know having like our number one ticket holder Tones and I and having Havana Brown, um, you know, do a halftime performance. We like the fact of bringing them all together, and I think this is where the celebrity game works so well. and um, you know, Tommy Little, um, Andy Allen from MasterChef, all these guys actually love coming to our games. Um, but it's also, you know, exciting to see. You know, narrowly Meadows, who will be calling the game for ESPN on Thursday night, will she'll be playing in the game um, the day before. And I think, you know, it's such a great opportunity to have a, a lot of female and male um, people across sport and entertainment this week. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and the great thing is a lot of them are then going to be coming on the game itself. And you know, I mentioned it before when you talk about celebrities, you know, the opportunity for the NBL to have Scottie Pippen courtside this Thursday night um, with Luke Longley as well. Um, there, there is a huge list of names or well-known names and global names for people to really look forward to seeing on the, on the TV. And I think the great thing is a lot of the players who are playing the celebrity game will also be side on uh, Thursday night as well. Yeah. I think it's so awesome to see so many people just want to get, it's a hot ticket because yeah.
0: even, even the week after, obviously everyone's excited for round one, but the week after that grassroots game, there's only like, there's less than a thousand tickets left or something. So it, I feel like it's just so exciting that we got a
1: really hot ticket and people want to come see our boys. Yeah, and I think that's something that we've really tried to pride ourselves on, that we want to be the hottest ticket in town over summer. So whether you're families or, or Gen Z, any, any particular groups, we want to make sure that, and, and having different themes, we want to make sure there's different opportunities. And, you know, we couldn't be more proud of the fact of community being such a key part of what we do, our multicultural theme game. We're going to have the pride round as a home game in february as well um you know so there's wherever you look the open air game on the 23rd of december something that we really pride ourselves on too so i know joe's excited for that one last episode because yeah, he I, I think
0: yeah last time he was here we didn't get to do one and
1: he's pumped yeah and i think you know um there's, delhi will be in the same position as well um so the, again there's we want to make sure whether it's our um our members and fans have that opportunity and to fact to think that the fact that we've got to sell out um, that far in advance as we mentioned earlier, and I think we're going to hopefully have a lot of sellouts this season. And you know, as I said, it's uh, it's exciting. We've we've had a long six months off. I think the best thing is the great thing is for our staff, everyone, and our players and coaches. Everyone has got to have a good break uh, in that six month period. But we're all ready to go now and we can't be more excited for Thursday night and, and hopefully we've got a you know a really exciting season ahead.
0: No, you got me excited, Nick. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for Thursday night. I'm ready for the celeb game. I'm ready for it all. But thanks so much for coming on and having a chat. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me and keep
1: up the great work, mate. Thank you.